Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora, a podcast project of Inspired Media. We're telling stories about uh, communities you love by people you trust. Benji Nichols, your host here. I'm super excited about today's show. Uh, I have two guests with me today that uh, I like to consider uh, lifelong uh, folks that have been really important in my life, mentors and friends, I like to say at this point. I think I could say that. Uh, Jim and Liz Fritz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us, Benji. It's great to be here. Absolutely. This is just a, it's an incredible uh, opportunity for me. Uh, it's been so much fun being back in Decor, uh, quote unquote, as an adult, I like to say. Uh, and people I get to see and hang out with and have conversations with. Uh, for those of you uh, in the listening audience that don't know Jim and Liz, uh, both of you lifelong music educators in the Decorah uh, Community School District. Uh, I grew up through your system uh, and had many life uh, moments that you guys uh, were a huge part of. Uh, always appreciative of that. Uh, and many, many other folks who came through the music program and your guidance and leadership over the years, which is really fun, um, might currently have a fifth grader who is trying out instruments. So the, the timing is actually hilarious and will be fun to see what she uh, she decides to do. But a huge part of your guys' career. Uh, both of you are retired from that world, right? Yes, mostly. Mostly? Yes. Well, I mean, uh, we still are active uh, at the state level. We still judge. Uh, Liz is the webmaster for the Iowa Bandmasters Association. I'm uh, the co-conductor of the IBARD, which is Iowa Bandmasters Association yeah. Retired Directors Band. Yeah. So still, still very active in mentoring young teachers. Mentoring. Still and, at it. Yeah. I'm still teaching online for professional development for That's fine it. arts educators. So we just don't yeah, have those early you know. jazz band rehearsals there, anymore. There yeah, you no go. No more the, Monday night uh, marching band. <laughs> the day to day is a little easier, maybe. A little easier, yeah. <laughs> That's an amazing part of it. And you, and you guys both continue to give so much to folks in that world. But the reason we're here to talk today is so great. It's a total flip of the script. Uh, something else you both have been involved in for several years is uh, not only in house and house renovation projects, but in an interest in, uh, you know, uh, sustainability initiatives and projects in that scope. And the one we're really here to talk about today is uh, an incredible project that's happened with Good Shepherd Church. Uh, in Decora, where you've been uh, members for many, many years as well, right? Yes, we have been members for like 30, 30 plus yeah. years, I guess, at this point. It's just two blocks from our house. Right. It's so our west, neighborhood. West yeah. side of Decora. I grew up on North Street as a kid until my folks moved just up out of town. Uh, and of course, on the on the college side of Decora, on the west side, and a beautiful part of town. Um, <clears throat> I have always admired uh, your guys' tenacity to take on projects uh, and something I probably have a little more information than most people would understand, Jim. Uh, you, you threw me into projects as a young person as well and just said, here, come make a few bucks. Let's tear this apart. Let's do something, whatever, uh, which were actually really amazing lessons as well. A lot of uh, skills taken away over the years <laughs> that have helped me out as an old homeowner, especially. Well, that's how I learned too. It's just on the job. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you guys tell me real quick in your in your background or the, where things were coming along? I mean, you were both music educators, raising a family, doing your stuff. Where was the piece where you started to see like, you know, obviously you're taking care of your own home, but where you started to see the interest of like, well, this is something we're going to keep doing. Like we're going to take on old houses and renovate them in town and help other people get into them or projects or something even like Good Shepherd with the sustainability. Where did that come from, do you think? Friday nights, <laughs> Luther College, uh, <laughs> 
parties in our block that were rocking until 4 a.m. And, uh, you know, we loved our home and our location, but we weren't real thrilled about the uh, lifestyle that was real present on that block because we were so close to Luther. Yes. And so we just started buying these houses when they became available uh, that had been rentals, and we gutted them out, and we flipped them and turned them into family homes, and so now they're all single-family homes. Yeah, incredible. And uh, it fair, fair is fair. Probably I should give a shoot out, shout out to Luther College. Uh, the era we're talking about, certainly when I was growing up in nursery as well, there was a lot of off-campus activity in those days, shall we say? And uh, a lot of and, students that lived <laughs> off campus as well. And, and yeah. since then, I think you know Luther Housing, they built new dorms, and yeah. you know the stuff across from the pool there in decora you know those yeah. that housing so yeah it's definitely a little bit different environment much but, different, uh, much yes. different. <laughs> but that's what's that was the impetus that started the whole thing yeah absolutely and i know from some of the projects you did so i mean as you had those opportunities was it just seeing technology change seeing what was available like what sparked the part or the interest in more of like the sustainability or efficiency efforts did it just make sense or was there like a spark that kind of you know both of you saw at some point do you think mm-hmm. Well, um, I was a a junior in high school for the very first Earth Day, and I had a biology teacher. I almost became a biology teacher because of him. Uh, And it was that uh, awareness that the planet was tender and needed to be uh, taken care of better than what we were doing um, that got me going. Um, You know, I had, we had... Uh, Mother Earth News from volume yeah. one all the way to about a volume 150. Wow. Um, and so it was kind of a lifestyle that we were interested in, but our jobs and, you know, locating into the country and all that kind of stuff just wasn't feasible for what we were doing. Uh, so, you know, we just tried to start to bloom where we were planted instead. Yeah, I love that. Also, when I first met Jim, um, he has always been a thinker and a creator. It's one of the things that I love about him. And he had this plan for a solar home. And, you know, it was underground. And, I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I watched him work on this just because the the actual planning and the thinking about it. And it was like, oh, we could do this someday. And, you know, I mean, all of these kinds of things are part of him. And just, yeah. Yeah. It has evolved over time. Right. But the interest... Even the plans for a solar car with your brother and crazy things like that. (laughs) But also, I mean, it's had to be, I think it had to be a really interesting time to be interested in watching these things because, I mean, it's almost like science fiction, right? Like some of the technology that has come into being, we're going to talk about here in just a second, that like really has advanced fairly quickly, really, when you think about it in the scape of 10 or 20 years, right? Things that weren't possible at all 20 years ago that are now like commonplace happening in buildings and projects all over, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, my brother and I did have plans for an electric car uh, when I was about 19 or 20. Wow. And it was a Volkswagen Beetle with lead-acid batteries and forklift motors. Uh, and then today, you know, I drive a, a Tesla. So, I love you know, I, I never did get that other car made uh, back then, <laughs> but it was something that stuck in my head until it finally became possible and a reality and so uh i would say the same thing for solar my dad and i made a solar panel out of uh aluminum beer cans that we sprayed painted black inside of a you know plywood box 
Totally. When about that same age. So, I mean, that was something that was just kind of natural. Yeah, I love that. And the, the changes in technology that you mentioned, Benji, also were very evident in this most recent project. I mean, just how... Um, how some of the products changed over the course of two or three years that enabled us to do some of the work we've most recently done. It's yeah. a big part of it. That's incredible. So I'm going to, Jim, you guys have put out, and Liz, uh, some incredible information on this project. It's being picked up uh, all over by different sources, but Winnishik Energy District just put out a great uh, version of it here just today uh, on their website and some places. Um, but I want to read the lead because it's just so, it wraps it up so perfectly, right? And lead is, is it possible for a small Midwestern Lutheran church, a congregation, to go from eight natural gas furnaces to eight heat pumps and create all the needed energy via solar needed to run them in only four years. Is it possible? Yes, and it's happening right now. Uh, so this is the project that we're really here to talk about, uh, and your guys' commitment to kind of seeing this through um, is an incredible accomplishment. Uh, you know, like you're saying, lifelong members at Good Shepherd, you know, many year members at Good Shepherd, uh, but watching, you know, changes happen, and of course, the only way things happened in a group or a congregation is, is by people showing up and doing them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you look at this project, um, Good Shepherd's an interesting church, right? Because it's more of a modern church, quote unquote, in terms of our landscape. When you look across the countryside, you see churches that are 100 plus years old, old brick monstrosities, you know, huge buildings that are incredibly complicated. Um, Good Shepherd was complicated in a different way, right? But built a little bit later, 1950s, late 1950s, early 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when was it? You kind of mentioned in the late 2018-ish. Uh, when was their big re renovation that you guys were looking at? Yeah, there are two parts of the building. There was the original buildings that were built in 1958. Uh, and then there was an addition, which was the new sanctuary that was uh, built in 1988. Uh, the 58 uh, buildings were originally heated with fuel oil. And they had fuel oil furnaces until natural gas came to Decorah sometime in the 60s. So those uh -huh. furnaces uh, were replaced in the 60s. And this is 2018. And we had uh, these old gas furnaces that that wasn't the only strange thing. The delivery system, the ductwork, was actually uh, tiles, ceramic tiles that were buried below the slab of the building, uninsulated. So lying wow. in the dirt, heating up the dirt with nothing but uh, these ceramic tiles, some of which were large enough I could crawl inside of. Oh my goodness. And so they wow. went several hundred feet and who knows what was growing in there. <laughs> You know, uh, it was never, ever clean that I'm aware of. But what was the efficiency by the time we had these old furnaces and then you pumped it through the ground right. a couple hundred feet? So, you know, it was a ridiculous amount that we were spending on fuel. Yeah. Uh, the, the furnaces themselves were starting to fail. Yeah. And so there was an acknowledgement. And, and the, the education wing for, for kids needed to be refreshed. And so we sure. did a major refresh in 2018 uh, through the help of uh, Joel Zook, who was uh, with the Energy District at that time. Mm -hmm. um, he introduced me to the VRF system of delivery, the vir variable refrigerant flow, which basically is what you have with your air conditioner uh, where the copper lines come into the house. It's a similar system, but it goes both ways. It heats and it cools. We don't have an attic. We don't have a basement. That's what I was going to mention. If people want to see, like, if they're not familiar with Good Shepherd, I'll, I'll make sure one of the pictures is in the show notes. But, yeah. like, it's a, it's a, I would say a modern design, right? Yeah. It's a bit architecturally interesting, you know, minimalist a little bit, but, like, very, very low to the ground, flat. Kind of Usonian. Yes. No, no attic, no basement. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So that was a problem because we were no longer going to be dealing with these underground ducts. And to put duct work in the living space uh, was so huge and taking out, I, you know, I, I was not going to be able to walk standing up straight. So uh, that's when this whole business of this VRS system, which basically is what a mini split does as well. It's the mm-hmm. same system where it just, uh, you have these lines that go out to these individual heads. So every room becomes zoned. Um, all of the areas of the 1958 build were actually then air conditioned, which had not been the wow. case prior to that. Yeah. Um, and there's a geo field that connects all of these heat pumps. So there's four heat pumps that have uh, 17 different lines out in our backyard, uh, some of which are over 400 feet long. Wow. Uh, they go to a manifold, they come into the building. So the geo system is what was doing the remodel for the 2018, uh, uh, in 2018. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I was quite involved and Joel and I really worked together and, you know, uh, Vicks Heating and Plumbing did all the work and uh, so on. But I could see that we had uh, problems looming in the 1988 portion of the building uh, because there were original furnaces there. So here it is, it's 2020, and we have 1988 furnaces that are starting to fail. And they're not very efficient, and they sit on the front of the building up on the roof, and they're as ugly (laughs) as sin. Uh, So there there was just so many things wrong. And so started to think about okay what can we do that would because uh, here we are we we have this geo system are we going to turn around and just start replacing with, with natural gas oh yeah that didn't sound right to me yeah um so and i it makes a huge commitment i mean you well, you have to repair things when they break right and so that was one of our you know talking points when this breaks we'll have to replace it can we be proactive yeah so that was a huge part absolutely of it. well that's what it, yeah that's the incredible part about this whole project is that fourth that foresight right yeah and literally one of the furnaces did completely fail and there were no <laughs> replacement parts so we, we <laughs> actually limped for a bit before we got it all done so it was it was imminent and i could see that so we also had this space behind the building that used to have some nice maple trees it was great for picnic tables and so on but unfortunately, all of the water from the flat roofs of those buildings all run into that space. And it was just kind of a little quagmire. You could almost grow cattails yeah. back there. Um, and so I saw that as a problem as well, because not only was it not just a good usable space, it was uh, starting to concern us about what it might be doing to the footings of the building because of the moisture. Yeah. And so, yeah. so what can we do to fix all these things at once? And that's when I was just kind of dreaming and scheming. And, you know, fortunately Liz has been with me long enough now she puts up with it. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought, you know, that is a place cause it's the South side of the building. We, we lost the trees that used to be there. It is wide open sunlight. Why don't we do something solar right there? And so originally we were just going to provide some solar for good shepherd and yeah, we then uh, realized that, well, they don't get to do any of the tax credits back then when this is all agreed upon. Right. So this is where I think your story gets really interesting. And I think maybe I will do a quick turnaround. But what I want to perk people's ears with is that 
part of why this technology is so interesting right now is that there are mechanisms in place that you can take advantage of that make them a little more um, available financially. Mm -hmm. uh, and something you guys have been really incredibly uh, head on and smart with is figuring out how to make those systems work um, for you know an entity like Good Shepherd or you know other other models of that. Um, so I'm going to do a quick turnaround here because uh, we're halfway through the time roughly, uh, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about Mission Green, which is essentially a company that you guys have helped founded to to do this project and to take care of some of these things. So it's a super fun story, Jim and Liz. Thanks for being here. Hang on one second. We'll be right back. This is Rhymes with Decora. Hi, this is Aaron Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. And the voice of Aaron Henning Nichols, my uh, partner in business and in life. Iloveinspired.com is where you can find out all about what we do on a quarterly basis. Find our magazine on stands quarterly across the region uh, or become a member at Iloveinspired.com. We'll send you each issue as it comes out. My guests today on Rhymes with Decor are Jim and Liz Fritz. Jim and Liz, it's so fun to have you guys here and to be able to talk. The project that we are talking about is the Good Shepherd Church in Decorah and all of the work that you guys helped uh, do some spearheading with and uh, seen some vision for um, to really take take uh, the church um, in an incredible, sustainable way, 100% electric, working with incredibly efficient systems for HVAC uh, and solar projects and things that have happened. So a really, really interesting project, a great model if people want to see how something like this can actually be reality here in uh, 2023, right, in Northeast Iowa. Um, so what we were talking about was You'd kind of seen the HVAC picture. There were some complications. There were some ways to fix that. But you also saw this opportunity for uh, solar, right? And taking advantage of solar systems to offset the energy that the church uses. But, you know, financially, this looks different for different organizations. Like, so one of the first things we should mention is, you know, obviously you're working with a body of people. Uh, so anytime you have a group of people, you're going to have to figure out that there are enough of you that agree to do uh, any one direction, right, in a project. Uh, but I think that's a great part of your story. Can you tell that where, you know, kind of the congregation, as you talked about this, uh, and eventually it came to a vote, right, of, of what direction to take that? Yes, we, we spent some time uh, kind of putting together a proposal um, and working with a lot of the um, people within the congregation, but we also worked with a lot of com community um, members. Um, Decora has a history of um, quite a few power purchase agreements in the area, and we did work with Larry Grimstead, who really was a mentor for us. Um, he's actually the one who challenged us and just said, what if Good Shepherd went carbon neutral? Yeah. And that really just blew our minds and went, yeah, what if? How <laughs> does that work? How would that work? Um, so we created our, our company, Mission Green LLC, with the intention of um, pursuing that power purchase agreement. And then we spent quite a bit of time educating the congregation on what that was and how that would work, what would that look like. And really, our 
we have a we have a mission with a company and that's what we were communicating yeah. a lot um you know saying we have a passion for this for the sustainability and helping our neighborhood and that was that was the direction that we went at that point um in june of 2022 we had a congregational vote and that was 96 to 4 something like that yeah. in favor of pursuing that so we had That's great incredible. support from the congregation and um you know as any kind of a project with um new technologies you know there's those unknowns <laughs> and i think there was a lot of faith <laughs> that went into like okay this sounds this sounds good we think you know that kind of <laughs> yes but it it was it was you know we've had tremendous support um from like i said not only just the congregation but community with the project that has really um even all the contractors that we have worked with yeah you know you mentioned in there and it's a great piece of the story as well like you never know what those surprises are they're going to pop up right so jim you're talking about obviously when this building would have been built it was burning fuel oil to heat totally common at that era of course there would have been a barrel somewhere a storage vessel for fuel oil. People know of those a lot of times in old buildings or houses or basements. They're big. They're a couple hundred gallons, a few hundred gallons. They're a mess, you know, whatever. Uh, what about Good Shepherd? What uh, what happened when you were uh, working on the Pergola drain project out back? Yeah, we, we had several <laughs> issues. We also had a an Alliant uh, transformer that was original to the building. It looked like everybody had been cleaning their paintbrushes for the last 40 years on it, and it was undersized. So we moved that because it was right smack dab in the middle of this area. But buried below this courtyard was a 2,000-gallon uh, fuel oil barrel. It was five and a half feet tall, and it was 13 feet long. Uh, fortunately, oh it was goodness. empty, and fortunately, it had never leaked. Uh, wow. We were yeah. super lucky that way. Um, but we actually dug down below this, in this area, uh, we're call, we'll call it the courtyard going forward. Sure. This new courtyard, uh, below it is 200 tons of crushed gravel. So we dug down wow. to make a, basically a, a, a battery is the way I'd like to describe it for water, where you just pump it in and then it just slowly percolates away. So rather sure. than sitting on the surface and ponding and, and being a problem around our footings, this now goes into this big storage area. And then because it's all sand below it, it percolates down. Yeah. So we did that. And then we put permeable paver courtyard above it. So the moisture can go up. It can go down. We don't care. Uh, we had a local uh, artisan, Dale Kittleson, who uh, uh, made a post and beam pergola for us. There's nothing but pegs, no screws, no nails. Um, and then on top of that, we put a 37 by 37 solar array uh, that has 50 panels and is a total of uh, 27 kilowatts worth of solar. Wow. That and 21 uh, kilowatts that we put up on the roof uh, last fall. So we have installed 48 kilowatts worth of solar. Uh, we have created a French drain. We have created this new courtyard right outside of our fellowship hall. So it's a wonderful new space for the congregation. That's a really interesting point to the project, I think, too. Sometimes when people think of these uh, types of projects or they might see a large solar array, it's on top of, you know, a building or it's somewhere or, or perhaps even ground mounted. And people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how it looks. I don't know if we really that's what we want. And what I love about this project is what you've done is not only it not only does it all look nice, but it actually enhanced these areas 
areas so much. And it's a, it's a huge asset to your, you know, to your congregation. Uh, I mean, what a, what a bonus on top of what you're already doing. Right. Right. No, I mean, it, it, it checked so many boxes. I mean, it, it checked the carbon neutrality, um, because we're putting up enough solar to be net zero. It checked that box off. It, it checked cool. off our, our water problem that we had. It checked off the old fuel oil that we were all kind of worried about and didn't know, uh, nobody really knew how big it was or anything. So, I mean, there was just a, a, a bunch of things that came out. And, and yeah, the, the brand new space that is, I'm quite sure, going to be used a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a fun, fun space for, for the entire organization, right? Uh, so the other part of this we were talking about, of course, Mission Green, uh, an LLC that you guys have created. And uh, Liz, do you want to just explain, we were talking about it a little bit, but so, you know, the way a lot of these programs work um, and are working, like at least some of this has changed now with the IRA and some of this is going on, but like, you know, not all these programs were available to everyone. I know we put in solar on our house back in 2014. We were really excited to do it. We were two young people living at home in a small old house. We undersized our system hugely <laughs> because of how it worked at that time. Uh, but we've always been really grateful we did it. Now, at that time, things were completely different. There were some great tax credits. Uh, Alliant themselves were still offering some rebates. So we got in at an amazing time to be able to do that financially, where it really made it pretty affordable to do it. So we've always been thankful, but that went away years ago. Things have come and gone, both state and federally. But of course, as a business or a nonprofit or a church, like it all works differently for different organizations, right? Um, so partly what you guys saw the ability to do was to create a business that could help uh, put this project together, take advantage of some of those uh, savings, right? And then pass them back through. Uh, a purchase power agreement is something you also mentioned. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. The city of Decor has been doing a lot of that as well, where an outside entity, again, will come in and help take advantage of those opportunities, sell the power back essentially at a discount to you know whatever that entity is, uh, and then everyone's available to take advantage of those opportunities and make some of these things a reality, right? That might otherwise be financially prohibitive on some scales. Uh, yeah. Is that is that an accurate description? Yeah, that's <laughs> very accurate description. And you know, um, when this went into place in June of 22, the current uh, opportunities were not available. Those only were enacted uh, like in November, December of 22. Yeah. Um, so before that, you know, nonprofits were not able to take those tax credits. Right. So thus, the the business being able to take the tax credits and and provide, like you say, the discounted um, power to the nonprofit entity being Good Shepherd. Yeah. And an incredible, I mean, again, just like a really cool model that, uh, you know, you guys saw the opportunity to be able to do, uh, but we're also willing to do for the organization. I mean, it's a neat, a neat model. Uh, if people want to know more about it, I will say right here too, that uh, missiongreen.llc, right, is where you have all your information. You have a ton of information about this project specifically, some really good images if people want to see, you know, Jim, what the technology was that you're just describing, uh, what the physical spaces look like and how you've done some of those things. Uh, the website's really good for a lot of that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, missiongreen.llc, right? It's the right place. And there's, uh, we, we were always trying to update the congregation as to what was going on. And so in our in the news portion of that, uh, under the news menu, is is all of these different uh, uh, newsletters that went out to the congregation. So yeah, it explains. on the project. It explains pictures. the project kind oh, of. Oh, that's super uh, cool. As, as it went from beginning to end, basically. Um and so, yeah, there's a lot of photos, and uh, we also have the ability to, uh, if people have 
questions, they can go to missiongreen at uh, icloud.com. Uh, and so th there is an email, and it's available on our website. So you can go directly to, from our website to email us if you have questions. Uh, which, you know, I mean, I'm, we're happy. We're retired teachers, and we, we don't have great desire to spend a lot more time building, uh, but we would like to teach. And that's an incredible resource. And I think so many times, like you mentioned in your earlier years too, you were interested in some of these ideas, but again, like where are you finding the information? Like how do you put the information together? And especially, you know, there's so much more information at our fingertips anymore, but it still takes kind of, for me at least a lot of times when I look at a project, like I need to see it. I need to talk to somebody who's actually done it mm -hmm. and be like, well, is this really possible? Is this, well, and, and is this a pipe dream? What more, are we doing? More is possible than, than we even thought back in 2018 because uh, we have a geothermal, four geothermal heat pumps. Uh, at the time, air-to-air -air heat pumps were cheaper to install, but they were not going to be able to go cold enough. Right, and right. so there has been a lot of improvement in the heat pump technology since 2018 to the point that when we fired up our heat pumps in the sanctuary in January of 2023, two days later, it was 17 below. Yeah, we had one of those huge cold snaps, yes. right? And I was a little bit concerned, <laughs> but I ran over every morning at 7 a.m. And it, the set point was 67 degrees and it held it throughout the entire time. Wow. And that was at 17 below. Yeah. So that was not possible in 2018. We couldn't have done it. Right. Um, we would have had to do all this backup heat. And... Bottom line, uh, it's it's improved even in the last twelve months. That's incredible. And and solar too. You know, I mean, I put solar on our home uh, in twenty twenty. Right. There were three hundred forty watts a panel, and I thought that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. The ones that went up on the solar array uh, at Good Shepherd are five hundred and forty watts a panel. Oh man! So yeah. that and they're and they're, bi they're bifacial, yeah, bifacial. Right. Uh, so rather right. than the mono, so we're yeah. getting. We're getting solar electricity off the bottom as well. So the, the tech is changing rapidly. And the same way with EVs and uh, heat pumps and solar and everything. And it's a, it's a fire sale right now at 30% off. Yeah. Absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, so I'll mention, you know, people, uh, if they're hearing this, then it's interesting, or they have an organization that they think might fit for a project like this, by all means, they should reach out, right? Yeah. Uh, missiongreen.llc, of course, probably the easiest place to see exactly what you guys did with this project and, and reach out to you. The other amazing resource in our area, and um, I have talked with a few different people from the Energy District. We want to do a show at some point. We just haven't lined it all up yet, so this might be the right time to think about it. Uh, but the Winnesheek Energy District is an incredible model yep. uh, for our information for knowledge, for, for things that are happening. Uh, Paul Cutting, one of our neighbors, is the Energy District right now. I know he's doing a lot of different projects. Joel Zook was there for many years, has gone on to do other work for Alliant and others. And just, so we have some really rich resources in our area. Uh, and energydistrict.org is another one if people are just looking for general information on this type of a project uh, or resources that you can reach out to and find some, some more information in our area probably. Uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, if the people want to see in person what's been going on at Good Shepherd, is there is there a time or a way? I mean, if they reach out to you, is that something that can happen? I mean, besides, obviously, they can show up on a Sunday morning and participate, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, actually, on September 10th, uh, each year, Good Shepherd hosts the community picnic, which is open to the it's entire our Good Neighbors Picnic. Good Neighbors yeah. Picnic. Right. And it will be hosted in our new pergola uh, courtyard space. Awesome. So, you know, come and 
enjoy a, a, a great uh, uh, picnic lunch. Uh, and it's 5 to 6.30 on the, on the 10th of September. Love that. Uh, then also on October 7th, the Interfaith Power and Light, which is a national organization, is putting on a national solar tour. And it will be virtual as well as uh, live. And I will be on site uh, October 7th, which is a Saturday, from 1 to 4 p.m., uh, giving tours of anyone that might be interested. Otherwise, just contact us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a really cool props on that because that I mean the interfaith group that is a that is an organization I followed for several years and they really cover some amazing ground. It's really really neat that they're picked up on this project and are gonna. Yeah, gonna no. In fact, in. I just got an email again this morning that they're wanting to talk and want me to be in part of their webinar. So cool. Looking forward to that as well. And you know, I mean, the bottom line is is we all need to grab hands and we need to move the needle uh, to you know, stop fossil fuel use and, you know, yeah. slow down climate change. Absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, again, I, I was halfway joking out at the beginning of the show, but you know, our daughter's in fifth grade and uh, you guys came into my life about in fifth grade when I started picking up an instrument and going through the music industry or music program, right. Which led me into working in the music industry for several years. But it's interesting that, you know, uh, young people have vision and young people are seeing these things as possibility, but even living in a small town in the middle of rural America, to see a project like this, to see young people get to see this kind of stuff happening, you know, I think it paves a lot of roads for people and kind of figuring out, you know, this can be done. Here's how we do it. And we're doing it right now. This yep. is not, this and is Decora not the future. And has you know. been a leader in some of these initiatives, especially with the energy district. Yeah. And, you know, people actually looked to what we're doing here in Decora. We have a huge amount of solar yeah it's and incredible. your daughter probably thinks right. doesn't everyone have solar <laughs> totally yeah it's <laughs> right we talk about it yeah it's so funny i love it well jim liz fritz thank you so much for being here and talking about this today i really appreciate it again the project is at good shepherd church uh the information on this project and uh, the llc that jim and liz put together is mission green mission green dot llc find it all there and uh check it out thanks for being here guys i super thank appreciate you, your Benji. time thanks Benji. <laughs> take care You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora, podcast project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. We are a quarterly publication across the region. Lots of good information online, inspiring stories from across the Driftless region. Uh, thank you to Mr. Nick Zielinski. If you've enjoyed the music on this program, Nick has created all that. He's a drummer. He's a decoran. You can find him online at Instagram, many other places at Indicative of Drumming. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next time. It's Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.